everyone, and welcome to today's podcast, Lessons Learned. It's a series of podcasts with special guests who are experiencing challenging life situations. And as we visit with our guests, we trust that you will gain hopeful and helpful information that will bring encouragement into your life situations. I'm Sammy McCubbins, and welcome. In today's podcast, we are speaking with Mary Jane Lane and Christine Lang, who serve as caregivers to their spouses. Thank you, Mary Jane and Christine, for being here today and joining us for the podcast. I am so grateful that you have come to share with us about your life and the lessons you've learned as a caregiver. Being a caregiver of a loved one for an extended period of time can be a daunting task. And so, Mary Jane, let's begin with you. How did you come to undertake this vitally important role in life? Yeah, well, my husband, Forrest, was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease um, 18 years ago. Uh, He was 53 years of age. And he, after diagnosis, he was actually able to work full-time for another um, eight years um, at his job. And so initially, um, my caregiving roles were pretty non-existent. It just, he was able to, um, yeah, do everything for himself. And, and as the disease has progressed, it's required more caregiving on my part, um, particularly in the area of managing his health care, which, um, yeah, I, I enjoy doing that. And um, also assuming other roles that I didn't previously have in our day-to-day life. So that's been a change. Thank you. Uh, Christine, how about you? How did you come to uh, be a caregiver for Herb? Well, it's kind of a story in that, like Mary Jane, my husband had some symptoms of Parkinson's, and it was first our family doctor in Hood River, Oregon, who diagnosed it and just simply said, you have Parkinson's. Well, Herb's father had Parkinson's, and since it is a hereditary disease, we were pretty sure that's what it was, but we spent about four or five years in denial, attributing it to other things. And finally, when some symptoms increased, we had to face the fact, yes, this is Parkinson's, and what what are our next steps to take? And so I remember my first job as a caregiver was to put in Herb's eye drops at bedtime. And that was just the first thing, and it has grown in caregiving responsibilities, both directly to Herb and more um, secretarial. It's grown to where I do just about everything. A lot. Yes. Well, you know, Parkinson's is a word that uh, can be quite devastating to a family. My mom was diagnosed with Parkinson's um, some time ago. And so my question would be, how, how was facing Parkinson's, which, you know, has such an unknown future? Uh, it, it's frequently uh, implied unknown future and the impact that it has. What's been the, the impact that you've experienced in your relationship with uh, Herb and with uh, Forrest? And, and what about the relationship? What's been the impact within the family as you deal with Parkinson's? 
I would say the impact within the family, Sammy, is that everyone who lives in our household, and there are seven people, includes our daughter and her husband and their three children, everyone has been impacted in one way or another to one extent or another. And as you probably might guess, besides myself, the person most impacted would be our daughter, who was studying and has completed her nursing degree and is capable of helping her if she is available. Um, so the impact has been largely if Herb is unable to move and finding people who can assist him or just simply move him. We have called 911 several times. Um, outside of the family, the impact has been facing the future, well, as far as the future goes, it's unknown to everybody. <laughs> but um, I think perhaps it's more known as to the what's going to be happening to your physical self if you have Parkinson's. Although it's different for every person, there is a progression that has a great similarity one case to another. So we have um, probably faced some end-of-life issues um, earlier because of Parkinson's than we would have otherwise. And we've um, developed an estate plan and assigned powers of attorney. We have um, <laughs> assigned what will happen and made the decision what will happen to our physical bodies after we are deceased. We've bought a cremation plan and we've accessed um, various organizations. Mary Jane's more familiar with those than I am. And we have gotten connected to hospice, who has since unconnected us because we didn't have Herb's death scheduled within the next six months. So we'll have to reschedule that. So it seems, it sounds as though uh, the Parkinson's has somewhat escalated uh, decisions that uh, you might have um, held off for a later time, particularly the end-of-life decisions and some maybe financial decisions of things. So looking to get these things in order uh, sooner rather than later. Sooner rather than later. And I, it felt uh, good to be able to complete those I'm processes. Sure. Yes. Mary Jane, how about for you? What would be the impacts maybe with family, children, grandchildren? Yeah, well, when Forrest was diagnosed in 2003, our two older children, we have a, a, a son as our firstborn and a, and a daughter, were out of the nest, and uh, uh, Grace Ann was 10 years old. So, um, you know, when we got the initial diagnosis, well, I should say with Parkinson's, um, when Christine and I say our husband has been diagnosed X number of years, you've probably had it for quite a while before that, the subtle symptoms. And it, you know, so they could probably add some years on to the official diagnosis. But um, yeah, I, I remember specifically that we were just blindsided and even though we were very suspicious that's what it was when we got the actual diagnosis I would say that we spent at least a year about a year because I asked Forrest about that just uh, lamenting and grieving over that diagnosis it's kind of like we were in a fog and actually he hadn't started uh, taking any Parkinson's meds yet either which really helped a lot so it was uh, it was um, 
yeah, we just kind of wallowed in that and 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 processed that, and then and then after that, you know, this is this is how we approached it. It's like, you know, we've had it's been a wonderful life, God, and we wouldn't have signed up for this Parkinson's journey, um, but you've been faithful in the past, and we trust you for what the future holds. So that's kind of the attitude that we've in, embraced. Um, and and I would say has serving you well. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we probably, uh, like you were saying, uh, Christy, you know, you probably d- are in denial for a while. It's not something that we, we really want to hear. Uh, and uh, the news is, is devastating. And um, I think we sometimes maybe there's a little bit of time that needs to be there to help us. Uh, deal with it to respond and so it could be a very natural process uh, with some denial and then finally an acceptance now what do we need to do and how do we move forward and um, God is faithful and he will journey with us through this so was there anything that uh, surprised you as as you entered into the role as a caregiver uh, was there something that might have you might have thought, "Wow, I never thought caregiving was anything like this." Was there something that um, maybe presented a little bit of a surprise or um, anything that uh, you could think of that was a little bit like, "Whoa, I didn't expect this," or "This is better than I thought." Uh, well. Uh- <clears throat> it requires a lot of patience, um, something that's not one of my strong suits, so <laughs> that's for sure. It's hard to answer that question because the situation um, slowly evolves and one thing leads to another. And so is there anything that surprised me? Um, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. There are many duties and many things that need to be done. Um, Maybe I got surprised at at how tiring I could how tired I got. Mm-hmm. It it does um, your life becomes more um, singularly focused. Yes, just meeting those needs. It actually becomes a little more yeah, just focused to that the task at hand. And that's that's kind of where I was thinking of another question that, you know, as a caregiver, you are immersed in daily responsibilities for another. Uh, and as you think about that, how, how were you able or how do you take time or have you taken the t- time to care for your own needs? Um, you know, your, your daily responsibilities are taking care of my loved one. How do you manage or balance your needs? Well, I just, people say you need to take time for yourself and you want to sometimes look at them and go, okay, you find, you find it. But I, I do take time for myself. And I, uh, I, I, can, I have books going all the time or I'll plan a meetup with a friend like Mary Jane, we are involved in the same Bible study, and I'm also part of a library book club, so those are the ways that I can take time for myself, and if I'm able to get outside and putz around with plants, uh, that's even better. 
good outside and always refreshing isn't it well you can always find the lord outside and so uh, you mentioned a support group uh is there a parkinson support group that has uh in within our community that has been helpful in any way absolutely um prior to the um, pandemic there were two parkinson support groups in gig harbor and um uh, Force and I participated in both of them. One has since dissolved, and then the other, well, they've probably both dissolved just due to lack of leadership for the time being. But, yeah, they were. it's valuable to connect and, and get support in that way. So finding good. community uh, amongst those who have similar, uh, if not the yes. same, Right, and it helpful. doesn't have to be Parkinson's. I. I have a friend who lives some miles away, and her husband and her daughter both have MS. And so we can chat about very similar things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think. As you began to uh, ponder the, the, the role that you were given as a caregiver, I'm wondering, was there ever a possibility that uh, you may have said to yourself, how will I ever know everything that I need to know in order to be uh, a caregiver, a, a good caregiver. I don't know, uh, I don't have a skill set. Will I ever be able to learn that? Uh, did that ever enter into your thoughts or minds and impact you in any way? Mary Jane, yeah. you're shaking your head yes. Well, and you know, besides the support groups um, that I've heard it said that the Pacific Northwest is the best place to be diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. There are just a ton of resources here. We started out at the Booth Cardner Parkinson's Care Center up in Kirkland, I guess, um, when we still lived in Burien before we moved over to Gig Harbor. So um, just that was all the resources under one roof. And um, just right from the get-go, we connected with the Northwest Parkinson's Foundation, um, Davis Finney Foundation is good, American Parkinson's Disease Association, all of those provide resources, and um, there's the HOPE Conference, we went to that new number of years in a row, um, uh, and I, they're done online now, but um, yeah, all those, all those things have been helpful tools in, in equipping. Um, but still, just even with that knowledge, there's just days that I feel I'm not cut out for this. <laughs> um, and uh, we, Forrest and I have this thing that we say, um, if it's been a really, really hard day in every way at bedtime, we'll say, well, tomorrow's another day. And that's just, for us, that's code for, you know, there's hope for a better day tomorrow. So, yeah. wonderful. How about with you, Christine? Is there... Uh, been anything that uh, you'd share in that regard about feeling overwhelmed how will I know everything about this right I honestly say I've never really had that feeling because I didn't think it would be that valuable to know everything about it anyway because it's going to change tomorrow Mm -hmm. and so my way of dealing with that a lot of times is to access the internet Um, somebody will say well maybe this could be a side effect of this drug and you go look it up and find out that yeah maybe it could be so and I appreciate the publications from American Parkinson's Disease Foundation 
Association. So there are many ways you can help yourself if you have an unknown. There's a nurse hotline you can call. You can al- you can always call 911 and just ask them if they know anything about this. So I have felt like there are there are resources there that I we're not just adrift in our little boats on this difficult sea of of degenerative disease. So and I would think that would be an extremely important uh feeling that you would hope to have as a as a caregiver. You're not alone. There's there's help here, there's support that can come. There's people that have experienced this, that that have survived, if you will, or, or in maybe even are thriving. Uh, we don't just have to survive, but how do we thrive when we're in a difficult life situation? That is, uh, that's a, a difficult and ongoing question because I try and think about the mood level of my husband since the, when the days were dark, and he tends to be an isolationist anyway, uh, his mood would go pretty down. And so I, I always think we should um, ask Alexa a joke every day and sing every day. So, and that's easy to do if, if you've got a, a computer. Just pick your favorite artist that has good sing-along songs and get your voice going is always uplifting. And then, of course, to sing hymns of praise is the best way to fight that depression. It certainly can take our mind off of that and and uh, remind us of the blessings that we do have. And, and thinking along those lines, I, I just was thinking of the terms life-giving and life-draining. Um, whether you are uh, looking to uh, lift the spirits of your loved one or lift your spirits, um, what would be uh, something that you could identify during the time that you've been a caregiver that has provided you with what I would say a life-giving experience? What, and sometimes they're just very little things. It could be uh, listening to music, but is there, are there other ways that uh, you've experienced something that has just breathed life into you as you've just maybe fallen exhausted in bed or that you've just sat down after a difficult time. Can you think of something that has been particularly life-giving for you? Well, there's a lot of little things. Christine enumerated some of them just to lift one's spirits. But as soon as you said life-giving, you know, I immediately thought the two things that are life-giving to me on a weekly basis are definitely the ladies' Bible study that Christine and I are in, and church. And um, when I spend time reading and studying God's word, it gives me God's perspective, and it's it's a total game changer. I'm just able to help, um, able to face life's challenges better and be a better caregiver because of that. So those, those are my two biggies. I prioritize to stay plugged in to both of those. Right, the way to connect. And I'm sitting here shaking my head, yes, yes, yes <laughs> to all of that. And um, when when I feel like I am I'm worn down to a little nub, what has helped me in the past many times is to pray for my husband. If I am out of patience, to pray for him because that, as Mary Jane said, just shifts my thinking and I 
know that I am doing this as a servant of the Lord. Mm-hmm. You've been called to be a caregiver. This is this is the role that you have, and um, I think um, that is something that um, you you both model so very well, loving care for your loved one, and um, that to me says that you are a blessing to your spouse, you are a blessing to your family, and uh, I hope that you know that you are a blessing to us, those of us who know you through the Bible study and here in church, and and, um, I just thank you for that and admire you. And that kind of leads me to another thought that I had. have you, uh, I, I feel that every caregiver is uh, deserving of recognition and validation as they struggle with their role as a caregiver and the responsibilities that are just uh, endless every day. Was there, do you have a memory of a time when you felt particularly recognized or validated as a caregiver. Sometimes it's like maybe we never feel that we've been recognized for, for what has taken place, or, and not that we necessarily strive to have that, but we, we need to be encouraged. And I'm wondering if there were any moments that uh, you remember where you were validated by something that someone said or something you read or Anything that comes to your mind? When my husband is appreciative of things I do and says and says so, because he because he always says, Well, I was thinking that I so please say it and I tell and I remind him um, to be polite, to say thank you. We have caregivers who come into our home and they need to be appreciated. So when he says thank you, um, I do feel recognized. Um, sometimes my daughter says, Mom, I don't know how you do it. I'll say, I don't either, by God's grace, because it's not me. So that's, um, a, that helps me a little bit. Good. How about you, Mary Jane? Yeah, I, I actually have two responses to that. Um, I don't have any specific um, memories of being, you know, recognized or, or validated or, or, or <laughs> speak. Um, but um, to be known and understood by friends who've been impacted by Parkinson's other people and there's quite a few in my circle it means a lot to me I just I just know that they get it that they understand and, and somehow somehow that's comforting you know to know you know what I'm going through you may know? I interject and just say that Mary Jane who knows what I'm going through, she gets it. And I can call her and tell her, oh, we had to do this or whatever. And she is empathetic and responsive. So I hope I am the same to her. Oh, absolutely. No, we, we walk in the same shoes and we, uh, we get a lot of encouragement for each other, which I'm very appreciative of. Um, the other thing I wanted to say um, is that um, sometimes as a caregiver, it is... Um, 
often consuming and it, it, it becomes your identity. And I will say in recent years that that's been a struggle for me. Um, I sort of forget who I am. And all three of our children are very good at um, writing notes and, and, you know, aside from Mother's Day and birthdays even, I, I hear from them, Mom, I appreciate, and then they itemize the things they appreciate about me, and I'm not going to share what they are, because <laughs> that would be kind of braggy. But anyway, <laughs> when I read those, it's like, oh, Mary Jane, there you are. That's who you are. And it kind of brushes the dust off, and then I, I remember who Mary Jane is. You know, she's more than just a caregiver. That's an important part of her life, but she has an identity beside aside from that as well so that's that's been good and it means a lot when it's coming from people from your own flesh and blood you know because they they've seen everything right yeah they know what uh the day involves they they understand um how the sacrifice if you will uh and and how easily in a day when we are so engaged with uh serving and helping another we can lose identity. You're a mother. You're a grandmother. Uh, you're a friend. And so um, those are very helpful ways to remind you that there's more to this beautiful person than the caregiving role. So well said. Yeah. So um, is there anything that uh, maybe I have not asked you that... Um, you'd like to say part of what we want to do with these podcasts is that we want to share our life experiences and they can be challenging and they they can certainly have their rewards i think um we may not uh be uh, they may not be so obvious to us in the beginning when we start to think and talk about something such as uh, Parkinson's and uh, other uh, debilitating and progressive uh, illnesses that our loved ones have but would there be uh, a message or a thought that you would want to share with those in our listening audience that possibly are caregivers or you know they may become a caregiver uh, life is uh, uh, not always so predictable. Uh, and um, I'm just wondering if there's a thought that you would um, express or something that you'd want to share with us to uh, give a, a moment of encouragement and hope to those who are listening. I think I could speak to that. At least I'll try. I have learned to not judge another person's pain or discomfort. And that has helped a lot because I used to do silly things like try and talk my husband out of it, <laughs> which wasn't very successful and would only create tension. And I've learned that two people who love each other and are both struggling because I have some struggles can grow closer and have a richer, deeper experience experience and appreciation for each other and and share this uh, unspoken knowledge that we walk this road of growing older, uh, growing in God's grace, we hope, together, and it's okay. Mm -hmm. The richness that you've gained through something that, that really doesn't 
initially present itself as any richness there, but yet you found that through the closeness in your relationship. That's beautiful, Christine. I, I can I can echo on that along the same theme. Um, just one thing I've learned is when life changes, your priorities change with it. And I know there was some um, responsibilities I had outside the home that I had to let go of. I mean, there were things that I really enjoyed doing and, and it was okay. Um, because um, my love for and commitment to my husband um, is my first priority. So if there's a greater need there, you know, I'm all in. And, and so in a way, it, it, was, it was defining my priorities. Uh, letting go. And that isn't yeah. an easy thing to do, is it? Uh, yeah, we, yeah, it was, I mean, it took some some prayer, and, you know, it's something that we discussed together, and, and as a matter of fact, he, he has said, you know, I appreciate you stepping down from that responsibility that I know why you did it, and it meant a lot to me that you did that. Wow, what an affirmation from him. You know, I remember uh, that Forrest posted a picture of him, and I know there there has to be some humor that comes from uh, some things that we feel is so so sad. But I loved how he improvised with the lawnmower, and he was riding <laughs> through on the lawnmower, showing us a ride. Do you want to tell me, tell the audience oh, a little bit well, about it? Both, it's great. Both of our husbands have a sense of humor. <laughs> There's just that that is alive and well. I mean, it, it's um, which isn't that a softener of it's hard a very things. Big lesson. Yes, yes, it is. Oh, we were just out in the yard, and uh, we have an electric lawnmower, and we have a um, transfer wheelchair the lightweight one and just he hooked he hooked up to the lawnmower and he was just driving all over (laughs) in the driveway going in circles just having the time of his life and yeah I took a video of it and and we got a kick out of that it was it was great it was fun oh how about you Christine is there anything you would like to add as far as a message to the audience that's listening you've shared so much bits of wisdom I'd give you one more opportunity if there's something that uh, I have no bits of wisdom that's for sure if and just I have learned to just manage stress so keep stress at a minimum because that's going to wear you out and it will make you grow older faster so (laughs) (laughs) so I don't have any great words of wisdom except that the Lord will be with you yes and what a what a wonderful reminder. And you know, that's, that's probably the best note we could end on as we bring our podcast to a close. The Lord is with us. And I want to thank you again. I just want to say that uh, I appreciate so much how you model loving, caregiving. Um, it's inspiration to me and I know to others. And, and I so appreciate your uh, coming today and to share with us. Uh, I do feel that the audience has been blessed, and there is a message of hope and encouragement that you have brought to us today, and I appreciate that. Yeah, Thank you for listening, those of you in the audience, and uh, join us next month when we'll bring you another podcast of Lessons Learned. 